Welcome to Unfiltered with JJ and Melanie. Honest conversations about all of the things. Parental discretion advised. Why have you been so short with me lately? Your tax legs. I'm always mess- short. I'm five six <laughs> on my tallest days. I know, but I just kind of feel like your text messages have been a little short with me lately. Like, are you mad at me? <laughs> I'm furious. Can't you tell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It no, always weirds me out. I send you these like nice long messages. I'm like, hey, we got this, and da, 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 and then you're just like, cool. <laughs> like, well, all right, that's it. What you got is cool. Look at these thumbs. Yeah, they're huge. They're got gigantic. Uh-huh. If you are one of our Patreon uh, friends, you mm-hmm. can see me holding my thumbs up, and you can see how huge they are. This episode will be recorded for uh, our Patreon friends. If you'd like to sign up to become a Patreon. Remember, you can patreon.com slash unfiltered JJM. I'm not good. I'm not good at texting. You're better than just cool, JJ. No one is just cool. And you can use voice to text. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to be short now, too? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, just, it's, just, it's just too much. It, it, just call Why? me. There's so many other ways. Because I, I just... Yeah, but I don't want to call. This is the whole thing. This is the whole thing. We're all so busy. Well, no, we're not actually. (laughs) Not a lot of people are busy. No, we're like, to me, I feel more like it's intrusive if I just call you. I feel like if I text you, you can get back to me whenever you want. Mm. You know, and I'm not like intruding in your day. That's why I I text over calling. I, uh, I never got into it. No. Texting. I know. I know everybody does it. It's like brushing your teeth these days, but eh, unlike brushing your teeth, I'm not into <laughs> texting. All right. And, and, and you never know. I, I Maybe I'm busy. Maybe cool. I'm cool is all I can muster up. I figure I figured that probably you're busy, but it it was a few texts throughout the week that were just short responses. So I was like, wait, are you that busy? Okay. Roll, roll back, roll back years. Yeah. All my responses are quite short. Okay. I just feel like they've been particularly short these last few days. While we're at How it, are you feeling? Oh, physically? Yeah, just no, just everything. You good? With the uh, lockdown and all the stuff? These last couple of days have been exceptionally stressful, to be honest yeah, with you. I can tell. Uh, really? Yeah. Yeah, My face? You, seem you just seem stressed. You seem edgy. Really? <laughs> <laughs> shake it out <laughs> uh i i am a little a little a, a little on edge mm. um there's some things that may or may not be going down which is uh, are making me nervous also um Susie and i are, are having some trouble which has never happened in our marriage before what? uh mm. yeah and it's okay. oh fuck we're recording ah, anyway Susie and i are having some trouble <laughs> So you're uh, like the rest of us, you mean? You're normal? Sometimes shit happens? Yeah, well, no, I mean, shit always hap- shit happens. But mm-hmm. uh, we, we've kind of, due to the uh, the lockdown and the pandemic yeah. in general, uh, we are in a place that we've never been in before. And it's, uh, I don't know. It's stressful. It's stressful and it's a challenge and, and all these things. Um, look, well, Dr. It's, it's- Dr. Jess is knocking on the door. Is she knocking? Yes. She hey. 
Yeah, let her in. All right. While we're getting to Dr. Jess. So um, for those of you who don't know, uh, Jess O'Reilly is a sex and relationship expert with a background in education. We've had her on the show multiple times. She was Mm -hmm. on our radio show. She's been on the podcast. We absolutely love her. Her research and passion involves um, teacher training in sexual health. And she volunteers in schools and universities to help bring better sex and relationship education to students across Ontario, which is so, so important. Yes. Um, she's also a television personality. You've probably seen her everywhere. She's an author. She's got her own podcast at Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. And uh, she's an international speaker who has facilitated hundreds of corporate workshops and retreats in 35 countries from Lebanon to Costa Rica. <laughs> she knows what she's talking about. In other words, she does. Absolutely. Yeah. And she's here in the Zoom room with us. That sounds sexual. Fitting that she's with us. <laughs> Dr. Jess, welcome to the show. I'm here. I'm here. Nice to hear your voices. Nice to hear your voice as well. Happy Jess, where where in the world to you? Where in the world are you? I'm in Jamaica. Oh, oh beautiful. Awesome. Look at you, gorgeous thing. My goodness. You look like you're in Jamaica, like all sunshiny and stuff. <laughs> I can't complain. I can't complain. You, you're home, aren't you? You're, Jamaica's home for you, isn't it? You know, it's my mom's home, so yeah. it's secondary home. But yeah, my family's here. So nice. Here. Yeah, no complaints. No complaints. But it's, I know it's hard to tell Canadians. Like we re- relocated here a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so we've been here a little while and we're not sure, I guess, how long we're staying. <laughs> wow. That's funny. Susie and I were talking about relocating to Barbados just yesterday. We're like, if there was ever a time everyone's working from home, this might be a time to just up and leave and go to wherever you want to go in the world. Barbados would be Mm -hmm. it for me. So, wow, fantastic. You're making it happen. Yes, we are. I've been following along on your Instagram. And when you mentioned that you were going to be staying there, I was like, oh, I'm so happy for her, but I'm so jealous. (laughs) We're, we're very, very fortunate and very, very thankful. So, yeah, <laughs> just crossed, you know, uh, one thing we don't realize, I think, you know, being from Canada, we have where we have access to testing and healthcare. That's not necessarily the same case for everybody here. So, uh, you know, the COVID situation here, there are numbers being released, but the testing is on the low side. So, this is an island of about 3 million. And so, for example, they might do 800 tests a day. Mm. Oof. Wow. Yeah. So we're being super careful. We're alone. We're here on our lagoon, not seeing anybody. Having to be romantic, which I'm sure you're amazing at. I, I can give you advice on being romantic. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure you can. <laughs> well, before before you joined us, Jess, uh, I was talking about Susie and, and myself. We're, we're in a, a funny place. We, we've never been in this place in our relationship before uh, where we're having difficulty with actually communicating with each other. And that is traditionally in the 20 years we've been married, that's been our strength is communicating. And uh, as it stands, you know, we're, we're such in a, in a routine time is kind of in a funny, in a funny, the, the way we're perceiving time is really in a funny sort of state right now with the pandemic, we're in a real routine. We get up, we do our thing. We go to bed, we get up, we do our thing and we've stopped talking to each other. But you posted something that was lo- quite lovely on your, your Instagram about the importance of communication. Can you expand on it a bit? Yeah, you know, I often talk about the fact that the death of excitement and passion and really intimacy in relationships can occur when our conversations become reduced to the dark triad of the mundane. And that mm. dark triad 
is if you only talk about your kids and family, your work and business and your schedules. And I think I would actually add, I don't know what the, the, the word is for four instead of a triad, quad, the quad, dark, yeah. the dark quad. Yeah. Uh, I would add COVID, right? So if mm. all we're talking about is the COVID situation, our work, our schedules and our kids or family, uh, of course you have to talk about those things. And of course there's great meaning and value in talking about those things, but does it leave space for talking about like your vulnerabilities and how you're feeling and your big dreams and hopes and fears and philosophies and all of those other, you know, issues of spirituality. And when we don't make space for those things, I think it really does detract from passion and relationships. Dr. Jess, you're nailing it right now. You're yeah, because that's totally the thing. I think we we all do that, right? Like we just get into this like space of talking about just like the everyday mundane stuff and you forget to talk about those deep things. It's almost like I feel like we get into and I mean, obviously, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like in, in most of my past relationships anyways, we get into this space where you become like buddies and the, there's no like passionate conversation about those dreams or desires, whatever, like you feel kind of weird about having those conversations with the person you should feel the most comfortable having them with. It's, <laughs> it's true. It's funny. I've talked about sex more with my son, who's eight years old, who's asking all kinds of questions these days, more than I've talked to my wife about sex in the last six months. My boys, yeah. we're having these heart to hearts. Like we'll go for a walk just about every evening and uh, man, we'll have you know, really one-on-ones and like, we'll have conversations that I never had with my folks at all. And, uh, but it's, so, so that's one thing and that's, that's fabulous and it's wonderful, but I want to be talking about sex and sexual things with my wife. And so we're, we're really kind of stuck, stuck right now. So we're, you know, doing our I mean, best. First and foremost, we have to give you big kudos for having those conversations with your son because mm-hmm. it's, easy. It's super intimidating. It can be really awkward. It's great that you're starting younger, right? The sooner we start, the better we get at it. Mm. But in terms of opening up those conversations with your wife, I wonder if you can just start with the past. So anytime we think about sexual conversations, I always think past, present, future. Uh, The future is, I don't know, nobody can think about the future right now. The present is just not its shiniest possible (laughs) reality. Mm. But can we reminisce about the past? So when you were talking about that Instagram post, that was a specific exercise for couples to reminisce about the past, to kind of talk about things that were exciting. You know, what what did you notice about them in the beginning? What attracted to you and them to you in the beginning? What attracted Mm. you to them? Do you remember your first kiss? Do you remember where you were when you first took a risk together? Do you remember the first time you, you know, felt, I don't know, whether it's something sexual or loving or intimate or spiritual to even just reminisce. And that's why I put that out on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure just so I can credit my co-author, that conversation is actually from, from my latest book. So the, mm-hmm. the book Ultimate Guide to Seduction and Foreplay. And I have a co-author who's just brilliant, Marla Renee Stewart. And in the book, we explore the theory, but we're just trying to give people lots of different tools. So that is specifically about like, we actually called it, why do I love you again? Mm. (laughs) I don't think I put that on Instagram, but we have so many others, you know, like a, a conversation for intimacy, a conversation for vulnerability, a conversation for passion, a conversation to understand their seduction style. They're learning like all of these different things. It's, it's a nonstop process. And yeah. once you push yourself into that uncomfortable zone, the fruits that 
it bears are usually so meaningful that you'll want to do it more. And we know that talking about sex also tends to lead to sex, not yeah. necessarily in the moment, but overall, when we when we communicate about sex, whether it's outside the bedroom, or inside the bedroom, it improves the experience in terms of both frequency and quality. You got mm-hmm. you got those wheels turning in my head right now. You know, before before kids, Susie and I did a lot of traveling. We you know we mm-hmm. owned all over the world. It was great. We got so I I'm now I'm, as we're talking about it, I'm thinking of those times where it was like exciting and you know a, a bed and breakfast in in, in London or, or in the outback on top of a van. It was fine. It was fucking great stuff. But that stuff doesn't happen anymore. But now. Like I, you're planting these seeds in my head for conversations to, to to have, yeah. You talked about you're talking about thinking back to the past, but right now in the present, uh, I think Susie's finding it difficult to be attracted to me, and I'll tell you, it might be due to the fact that a I'm in dad mode all the time, right? The kids mm-hmm. are here. Secondly, and you don't have to look at me when I say this; you can look away. Look away, Jess. Everybody look away <laughs> when I say this. My balls are getting so long. My balls are long and it's it's not like awesome for me to take my clothes off anymore. <laughs> like, oh, shit. Those things. Oh, gross. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling. And it's, it's uh, tough. It's tough. But my, my body's changing. Her body seems to be saying the same, but man, it's just. Oh, lucky her, because <laughs> mine's not. <laughs> I don't know about you, Jess, but it's. <laughs> How do we get over that or take it to the next level or, or accept where we are? You know, I think you have two different issues you you bring up there. So one being the body's changing. And I, I doubt that her lack of interest in sex stems from the length of your balls. So we don't have any doubt <laughs> suggesting that, you know, the two things are positively correlated. My husband just walked by and gave a laugh. Brandon. What's up, Brandon? Brandon just walks in as she says that. I don't think it has anything to do with the length of your balls. Brandon, are your, this isn't something I've noticed here. You have to share the mic. Are your balls getting longer? So for folks who don't know, Brandon's my husband. Hi, Brandon. (laughs) My my balls, his balls, his balls, sorry. What's up? I I totally walked into that as uh, as JJ was (laughs) saying something about his balls. And uh, you know what? I I appreciate that you took ownership of that. I I have a lot of respect for that. (laughs) I don't I don't know that I've thought the same thing about my own balls, but good on you, man. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm a little older than you. Heads up. When you get older, gravity takes hold of your balls. It's one of the first things. (laughs) They've been dangling for four decades. Brandon's like, I got to go. I'm out. A coconut calling me outside. Oh, God. I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go. Whenever you want to call, you just give me a call. <laughs> we'll talk, brother. Uh, yes, he uh, does love to talk about balls. But I, I will say that, you know, as bodies change, I think that we tend to be more uncomfortable with our bodies than our partners are. Mm. And we tend to take more note of the changes than our partners do. And so I would be less concerned with that. And more concerned with what you talked about in the first part, which was dad mode, right? So being a dad, sure, I'm not saying it's not sexy, but when you get really focused on co-parenting, you do. You lose that spark. You lose that energy. Uh, I just also want to say that right now, most people aren't in the mood for a lot of sex. So even though sex is still important to us, we are seeing a significant decline in interest in sex. We're seeing people have report lower sexual desire, less frequency. Um, One thing that's really interesting, though, is that we are hearing that people's quality 
quality of sex has improved. So while the frequency mm-hmm. has declined, they're being a little bit more creative. They're talking about it a little bit more. Uh, they're trying new things. I mean, we've seen a massive shift on the public health front, right? So we've got public health agencies across North America, from New York to Vancouver to Toronto, actually talking about sex for the first time in terms of the nuts and bolts, right? They've told Mm. us to wear a mask and make it kinky. The BC government (laughs) talked about a glory hole. New York's government talked about, um, you know, having sex with yourself, talked about having sex over video, phone sex. So for the first time, we're actually talking about the nitty gritty of sex. And I do think that's opened up new conversations for people. So even if you're not in the, the mood as often as you would like to be, hopefully when you are having it, it's a little bit more fun, a little bit more creative. Having said that, I think uh, I really want to challenge everybody to think about libido, because when we think about libido, we think about this naturally occurring desire for sex. Mm. But sexual desire sometimes occurs spontaneously. But for most of us in long term relationships, it's something you actually have to cultivate. So Mm -hmm. if you wait until you and Susie are perfectly aligned and in the mood for sex, it may not happen. But if you carve out the time and say, you know what, we're actually going to just spend some time alone, lock the kids out (laughs) or, you know, have a a bath or whatever it is you like to do together, have a shower. We've got an outdoor shower here. So that's where where I get trapped. Beautiful. Beautiful. So yeah, if you can just kind of set the time aside and say, you know what, I'm not in the mood, but when we do it, it feels good. So let's see what we can do to get in the mood, whether it's like fantasizing or talking about something or watching something or reading something or, you know, playing with your hands or toys or something like that. Yeah. And you like, I mean, you can't be in dad mode all the time, JJ. I mean, you you can't. It's tough. I mean, they have us first thing in the morning all day to like nine Mm -hmm. o'clock is when they're, you know, kind of falling asleep. And by that mm. time, Susie's heading on down to do meditation. Mm-hmm. I'm plopping it in front of the TV or, you know, picking up a comic book or something. And, it, mm. I, and I guess that's the window. That's the window to do it. Yeah. Um, but it's difficult. It's difficult because that's also our decompression time. But and I know, Jess, you're going to say you can de- decompress through sex. Um, but it's not always where, where your head's at. Your head's like trying to get out of the day and. Mm-hmm. You know, all those types of things. Now, Mel, you're in a different place. Mel's in a brand new relationship where Ooh, sex is fresh. I am. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it's all cloud nine right now. It's all the beginning stuff, Jess. So it's awesome. Like, you know, when it's just all passionate and we're always talking about the first day we, you know, had sex and the thing we go back and those conversations. We don't I don't really feel like we need to freshen it up because we're it's still so new. But they do bring you right back, you know, when talking about that. And that's why that post hit me so hard, too. We have really good conversation and we we always have. Um, And it's not just about the mundane stuff, you know, the everyday things like we go deep, he goes deep. And I I need that. That keeps me excited and, you know, wanting to talk to him all the time. So it's it's good right now. <laughs> and that's usually the pattern that we have those conversations in the beginning because yeah. we want to discover mm-hmm. something new about this person. And, and it's interesting because we assume that things become less exciting because time takes over. But mm. it's not just that. It's that our behaviors change. Right mm-hmm. in the beginning of the relationship, you're forcing yourself to uncover something new, to to show curiosity, and we need some of that. And JJ, I wanted to go back to the meditation because yeah. uh, have you heard of orgasmic meditation? Yes, I, I don't know if you know this. This isn't huge knowledge, but Susie is studying to become a sex therapist as well, so she's all about what? This yeah, <laughs> breaking news. I, <in. laughs> I did not know that. Yes, yeah. I have to follow her. Does she have an Instagram? <laughs> she's not on Instagram. Oh, 
but <laughs> I will get her on Instagram. She's recently <laughs> come off, uh, but she probably follows or is, you know, follows a lot of the same people you follow. Anyway, yes, she's, she's into it and she's talked about that as well. So, yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Okay, she, well, she's, yeah, she's becoming a sex therapist. You should be asking her these questions. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't do. We had her on the podcast like uh, two weeks ago, and she doesn't do well on podcasts. <laughs> so we thought we'd get you, our friend, to come on to talk about this. Well, look at me, and my husband tries to push me out of the way, tackle me for the microphone. Right? <laughs> like we maybe we should do a trade. I'll, I'll bring her over here so I can hold my mic. Right? You can do. Brandon loves the microphone. <laughs> That's awesome, though. Uh, so, yeah, but why, why don't you explain the the? Uh, oh, I mean, so I'm definitely not an expert in orgasmic meditation. And there are different approaches to it. Um, you know, there are different branded orgasmic meditation that involves like a specific way of stroking the, I forget, the upper right quadrant of the head of the clitoris. And, and you know, I'm, I'm being mm-hmm. maybe a little hyperbolic here. But um, <laughs> when, when we think about, you know, meditation, it's such an incredible form of just being in your body and connecting mm. to your body. And so one of the topics that continues to come up in in my circles, but also in sexual health research associated with sexual dysfunction is mindful sex and the mm. practice of mindfulness. And of course, meditation is, is a version of that part yes. of that. Uh, but we really see that when people practice mindfulness, so, so you mentioned that she does meditation and mm-hmm. you plop yourself in front of the TV or grab a comic book. And so I do wonder. Make it sound so lame. <laughs> I, those were your exact words. Rewind. <laughs> I'm a very literal person. <laughs> That's literally exactly what you said, JJ. <laughs> I, 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 I emphasize the plop. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you started yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, My balls pull me down. <laughs> That's what the plop is. He goes down balls first all the time. It's just like. <laughs> That sounds like a really well um, executed squat, right? Yeah, right. To get, like balls first, isn't that what they? Oh, maybe it's balls. But, uh, yeah, I, I wonder if you were to practice some of that mindfulness with with her, if it would be a way of mm. connecting. And again, not with the pressure to have sex. Like if you were to go do just some like rhythmic breathing together, or yeah. if you know, one thing I think I don't know, I may have mentioned this to you, but. Uh, I try when I can to, to just put my head on Brandon's chest in the morning and listen to him breathe and listen to his heartbeat. And there's something very like connecting and grounding yes. about that. And that's that exa- you've nailed it again. That's what Susie and I have right now. That's the connection that we have less so than actual intercourse. It's, uh, you know, listening to each other's heartbeats and each other breathe in the evening. Uh, but the actual, actual, Intercourse, what I'm so saying. Are you trying so to be sexy with her though, JJ? Like, are you trying to be sexy, not just funny and silly? Like, actually- well, well, we've talked about this the last time, Jess. Yes. Was here. It is tough for me to, to <sighs> be sexy Dude. because I don't buy it. I'm like, ain't nobody buying this. Okay, you know? I'm going to tell you, I had the sexiest moment I've ever had in any relationship with um, Ottawa. He's he's the one I'm with now. We, um, over New Year's, had a shower together and uh, without, you know, getting into details, he washed my hair, Jess. And sexy. it really was one of the most sensual, most beautiful moments I've ever had. I was like looking at him. I like got lost in there. I was like, what is happening here? I've never experienced anything like that. JJ, you got to try doing shit like that. What, what are you laughing at, Jess? I'm 
laughing at it that it's the most intimate thing you can do with your hands. It's Charles Boyle from Brooklyn Nine-Nine <laughs> always talking about washing a woman's hair. And then she comes up. No, but I, I hear you. And I love it. It's that, so beautiful. I love that you're challenging JJ. And I, I don't think you have to be like serious and suave. There are lots of different ways to be sexy. Mm. Um, like if you are a funny person, Cause we had been, we talked about this in the context of dirty talk last time we spoke. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. And you're like, well, I don't think, you know, I could come in and say like, baby, I've been thinking about you all day. I can't take my <laughs> eyes off of you from your thighs to your hips. To your, like, so if that's not the way you talk, can you adjust it to your own personality? Like, can mm-hmm. you joke around with her uh, and tell her what you want? Can you joke around with her and tell her how much you admire her um, or thinking about her? And when it's interesting when people say they're not having sex, like it's something that just happens on its own. And really, again, it's something you have to decide, do you want to make it happen? And at the Mm. same time, JJ, Mm. if you don't, that's also okay. People can have happy relationships or happy periods of their relationship where they're not having a ton of sex. And I know there's always going to be people who come back and be like, no, because that'll ruin the relationship. I just want to remind folks that your experience in a relationship is one relationship. Every relationship is different. And I can promise you that there are people out there who have really happy relationships and don't have sex for long periods of time. Just because mm-hmm. you have a specific need doesn't mean it's generalized to the universal you know, population. Yeah. So I guess not. the big question is, do you want to be having sex? <laughs> um, listen, I, I do. I do. I do. But... Uh, <laughs> I mean, we, we've always had a, um, a healthy sex life. It, it's been there's been a progression in it and there's been a lot of a lot of learning. We've worked through a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff and uh, through through both of us. And I've never been in what I guess you would call a dry spell. But I feel like I'm personally in a dry spell right now where I just don't have the mojo and the the drive. And I've been mm. having lots of you know, fenugreek and zinc and doing all the things to, to lift my, my libido a little bit. But I, I think I'm feeling a bit depressed. I'll be honest with you. And, and uh, I just mm. don't feel like fucking <laughs> be honest with you. I, I, I know that I should, and I'm just not used to this feeling of not really feeling like it. So it's, well, it's weird. I mean, I'm conflicted. Even before, even before we started today, Jess, I, I mean, just getting on with him today, you can, there's something going on jj hasn't you can tell mm. <laughs> you got something going on i yep. wouldn't want to i wouldn't want to have sex if i'm feeling like that either though yeah mm. i can you just give yourself space to feel that like yeah. I, I first of all i really appreciate you sharing and i think there's something really powerful especially with men and straight men saying mm. i'm not in the mood and uh this is something brandon talks about a lot on our podcast actually that you know over the course of our relationship there's been lots of fluctuations and there have been times when i've wanted it more and there's a lot of feelings of you know inadequacy and emasculation and feeling like something must be wrong mm. when in fact this may, may just be your default setting right now. Like this might be your normal level. So if you don't listen, if it's an issue in the relationship, like if she's frustrated with it, or if you're frustrated with it, um, then this is definitely something to talk about. Uh, I don't want to say fix, but maybe to talk about, but if you're also both okay with it, you don't need to fix something that isn't broken, right? Like the world is upside down. You are exhausted. You're hypervigilant. Your cortisol is spiking. It's, it's also very, 
like we don't have any more certainty. We may have the vaccine, but we don't know when we're getting it. Even mm-hmm. the rules are constantly changing. Like I'm reading them from here in Jamaica and I'm like, I can't exactly understand what's allowed. So you're not allowed mm-hmm. to leave the house unless yeah. it's essential, but you're allowed to gather with five people. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? Right. So you're just exhausted. Like so many of us are exhausted. And I also really appreciate you saying that you're feeling depressed, that you're feeling down. And of course, if folks are feeling down, make sure they are reaching out for support. And there's, you know, everything kind of exists on a spectrum, right? So you can feel depressed and it can be clinical depression, or you can feel depressed and it's, you know, it's, it's a more passing thing, right? So there's situational kind of, right. Yeah. Like there's the language of clinical diagnosis Mm -hmm. versus what we're feeling in the moment. Uh, and I just think it's so important that you're talking about that. And I guess the question is, are you telling her? Yes. Uh, yeah, we talk about that. And maybe that that just uh, another part of this is, is that everything is so dark. And then to have a conversation about, you know, being depressed, it's just, oh, just more darkness, more darkness. And my whole thing through this whole pandemic has been stay in the light, just try and stay in the light. And I don't want to drag her into my darkness and I don't want to be dragged into to her darkness. Um, so we're in a bit of a, in a bit of a conundrum and we may need to do, and we haven't done it since we first got married, but we may need to do, you know, another round of like couples therapy and, and talk about things, which we're mm-hmm. both down for, for sure. Does she express interest in sex? Like, is she saying, Hey, can you, can you work on this? Or are you oh guys yeah, totally. Fine? Totally. She's okay. always like, we got to schedule this. We got to make this happen. We got to, you know, the kids got to make more friends and they go over to the their backyards and hang out and, you know, social distance and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, for me, it's just like, uh, <laughs> well, I, I, I really think too, for, for men, you expect your libido to occur spontaneously yeah. because that's the model. It's like, well, if I, I should be in the mood, right. I'm attracted to my partner. Sex feels good. They're good at it. Like I, I should be in the mood. But again, I, I don't know if I've ever spoken to you about this, but most desire is responsive. And I think today in this climate, most desire is responsive. It is not spontaneous. And what that means is that it doesn't exist unless we go out there and get it. It doesn't exist unless we stop and slow down and practice Mm -hmm. mindfulness or fantasize or watch porn or read hot stuff or look at pictures or get our partner to whisper in our ears or say to our partners, like, I'm not in the mood, but can you help me get in the mood? Right. Yeah. That, and that's why I, like I'm saying to JJ, it's easy for me right now because it's all cloud nine. It's all the beginning. Like we're you can't get enough of each other. But that's like literally <laughs> the beginning, though. I know what happens later. And you, but for you, JJ, like that's why I was saying if you can get to a place where you're trying different things like that, like getting in the shower with her again, doing things that are a little more sensual, even if it doesn't lead to sex, it's fine. But like just doing those little things touching each other differently yeah. again um is it anything to do with aging too though jess like you know oh. we're we're not getting any younger <laughs> like, <laughs> of, of course that that could absolutely be something that's affecting you yeah so you mm. have hormone fluctuations and yeah. decrease in hormones over time that's a possibility mm-hmm. um but it's not necessarily linear because we do have people in their 50s 60s 70s 80s having sex i got an email from a couple today, a Canadian couple in their seventies. And, um, they had a question about like a different device because they're having right. sex with different types of devices and toys. So I don't want to just chalk it up just to aging, but sure. Yeah. I think what I really want to emphasize is that these fluctuations can be really natural yeah. and it, unless you see it as problematic, it actually isn't. And so that even when you look at uh, diagnoses around sexual dysfunction, so, um, like issues of sexual desire, it, there has to be persistent distress for the person, right? So we can't say like, oh, if you only want sex once a month, 
there's an issue because for some people wanting sex once a month is amazing. And for someone else wanting sex once a month is distressful. So I do wonder if you're putting distress where there isn't like, can you just Mm -hmm. cut yourself some slack and say, you know, I'm I'm not going to be doing this right now. And like, you know, she's studying sex therapy. Maybe there are different things she can be doing to, you know, enjoy herself, whether it's solo pleasure or like trying different toys, because she's going to have to learn all these things anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I think that we do put a lot of pressure in monogamous relationships on the partner to fulfill all of our needs, right? But she can ha- be having lots of sex on her own, even if you're not in the mood, or, you know, you can go do something for her and take care of her if she's in the mood. And mm-hmm. another time, maybe she'll reciprocate and you're not keeping score or anything like that. But I think that we just need to think about sex a little bit differently. And as Melanie said, you know, maybe you get in the shower and it's just sensual and it doesn't sensual and it doesn't lead to everything, right? Mm. Like you can have an encounter mm-hmm. that goes up and down. I, I can tell you, we had an encounter this morning, Brandon and I, and yeah. uh, he's in the other room rolling his eyes. Yeah, oh, is he here? Why is she telling know. all this stuff? <laughs> he, he can't hear you right now, but okay. he can hear me uh, just cause I changed the headsets. But uh, we had an encounter where we were outside in the outdoor shower And then the gardeners were like right on the other side of the fence, like, you know, and then they were talking and yeah, I mean, it could have been, but it wasn't. And so I got distracted and then I said, well, let's go inside. And then when I got inside, I was like, do you want to do this? And so I kind of lost interest for a second. And then Mm. he brought me back anyhow. And I said to him in the middle of it, I was like, you know, we can play like that and not have you know, a specific type of sex. Anyhow, we ended up having the specific type of sex we we tend to have, but it doesn't have to be that way all the on, time. On that bed right there isn't. behind us? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know we were using video. Do you use the video? We do. <laughs> we don't have to though. If you, We don't have I'm to. I'm so sorry. I would have set up. I have a light and everything, but I'm Ow, closing it's the light. Fine. Right, it's you're fine. in Jamaica, the sun shining in, in behind. the light for me. That's all okay. good. Great. Um, you know, yeah. And you're totally right. I mean, I had that this afternoon too, just like, um, <clears throat> like I like a half sesh, <laughs> like it wasn't like the full thing it <laughs> on was that futon right behind yeah, you, but it's true. And I love that. And you can just walk away and be like, okay. I mean, it, it wasn't, you know, you don't have to always do that. Yeah. Like it's fantastic that way too. Now I know you had some questions about some certain fetishes that are trending right now. I did. Jess, okay, so this, okay, have, are you up to speed on the Army Hammer stuff? So I saw I saw that you sent me something about it. Can you give me the Coles notes? Okay, so Army Hammer right now, okay, it's all kind of alleged at this point, but um, there are a ton of text messages out there, uh, allegedly from victims who are saying that he's totally into cannibalism. And this is his fetish. Just didn't flinch. She didn't flinch no, when you I said know. that. Because I knew she's the one I needed to talk to about this. So I read the messages and the new ones that have come out, it's it are pretty, it seems like he's into cannibalism. But the ones that were out yesterday when I messaged you and said, I'm oddly attracted to this. It was before he started talking about physically eating her. Like the, he wants to, like he wants to be, oh, there she is. <laughs> he wants to just like, gave me light. Yeah. <laughs> Like he wants to uh, like take a piece of her with him and it's kind of weird. He was like, but I think what I really was attracted to, what I thought was kind of hot was the domination. Like he kept saying like, I own you, you're mine. And I was like, I'm, am I the only one who feels like this is really hot? Not the eating her part. I'm not into that. 
But the domination stuff, like he was calling her his slave. I was like, this is hot. Picking his teeth with her toenails. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to yuck someone else's yum, but I'm not putting anyone's <laughs> toenails in my mouth. That's what that's <laughs> That's why I have a full stock cupboard of toothpicks. And you know, so, I mean, yeah. No, you're not the only one. Now, I don't know that story. And as you were saying, it, you use the word victim. So if people aren't consenting, yes. that's a different thing. But if you were to consent, uh, there's so much fun that you can have with cannibalism fantasies, with picking your teeth with toenails fantasies. There's I made that up. These- I totally made that up. <laughs> Well, do you want to? Okay, but is that is that it? Can someone like because everyone now is saying that he just wants to murder these girls or he wanted to murder girls? But I was like, I really genuinely wanted to know, like, can someone just have a fantasy about that as odd as we might all think it is, but not actually want to hurt anybody? Like, of course, you know, of course, we can fantasize about things that we don't actually want to do in real life. Like that, that's the fun of fantasy is that you can explore realms that are so different from your from your own circumstances, right? It's why people like in very powerful positions, oftentimes we're drawn towards submission, right? It's the, mm-hmm. the reason why, you know, uh, you know, people who play one role in real life want to do something different in bed, uh, you know? So I, I don't think that, I don't think that the desire to fantasize about cannibal- cannibalism amounts to actually wanting to kill and eat someone. Now, I don't know his story, so I don't want to like comment, you know, if, if women are saying that he, you know, violated consent or something like that, that's obviously a different, dis- different conversation. Totally. Yeah. Totally. But I mean, like licking barbecue sauce off someone's body, you're not the only one. Like, have you, do you know cake set, cake sitting? No. Yeah, I do know about cake sitting. What What's do you know that? about cake sitting? Uh, so it's like, uh, it's, uh, I think it's also referred to as a uh, sploosh. Where you, uh, yeah, same sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, splashing, where, I think. Yeah. What, just, what, what, what? I don't know. It's just the feeling of having food mashed up against your your genitalia or anywhere on your okay. body. And cake is often a pretty sexy way to do it or or pies or, uh, uh, you know, squishy fruit and stuff like that. And it's, you just get really messy. You really got to lay down a tarp. I saw the most. So I hear. Um. <laughs> I saw the most beautiful cake sitting at a club in New York City once. Like this woman was dressed up in a, basically a ball gown. And she did like a whole, I, I, it was sort of like a burlesque type routine, but she didn't really take it off. It was just very playful. Mm. And then she got her big flouncy dress out and she sat on this cake and kind of like rubbed herself on the cake. And it was quite the, quite the buildup and quite the spectacle. It was really cool. I think mm. it's hot as fuck, man. I I'm all about that. I think I'm probably going to have sex tonight. Just so you know. JJ, you just tapped into what you need. You need to yeah. watch some cake sitting videos and then you'll get yourself in the mood. Yeah, yeah we'll <laughs> see how it plays fruit. out. <laughs> Next time you join us, I'll let you know how it all played out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I expect an update. Just DM me. Yeah. I'll let you know. <laughs> Dr. Jess. Not everyone else, just JJ. <laughs> <laughs> Not me. <laughs> <laughs> single invitation <laughs> she's getting this like her phone's blowing up <laughs> all right so we've covered long balls we've covered communication oh uh swingers clubs Oops, there goes my shirt up over my head. somebody talked to us uh, i've been talking about uh how i i don't have any vices and, and I, I you know part of uh, my process in the day is to go for a walk. A lot of times with my son and sometimes it's alone. And I, I think, I wish I had a vice. I wish I smoked weed. I wish I was into porn. I'm not really into it. I wish, you know, I drank. Um, and somebody recommended that Susie and I go to a swingers club. Um, 
what what are your thoughts and feelings just kind of in a nutshell on on, on swingers clubs so I'm such a fan of sex clubs more generally. Many of them tend to be on the swinger side, but there's an amazing sex club in Toronto. I'm not suggesting you go there now, but when no, you know, things are safer, yeah. uh, there's a really cool one called Oasis Aqua Lounge. Yeah, that was it's, the one that he recommended. Yeah, it's so cool. It's such a cool club. There's so many interesting parties. They have everything there from like a sapphic night just for women. Uh, there's, there's nights where men will serve the women. Of course, they have more couples nights. <laughs> Melanie perks up. <laughs> yeah. What? Melanie, you can have a man on his hands and knees and he can be your table while you eat on that night, if that's oh, what Jesus. you want. I mean, if someone consents. So yeah. yeah, it's so, so I really believe, and I actually have a whole, I have a number of episodes that people can listen to on sex clubs as well. But mm. I, I, I will say that I, I wish everyone would at least talk about going to a sex club because it is life-changing. It was life-changing really? for wow. me. It was life-changing for Brandon to see real live people having sex that they want to be having that is not because they're be, being told, oh, you know, open your right breast to camera two or anything like that. Right. It's really life-changing. And you see all these different body types, right? Different ages, different yeah. scenarios, different situations, different makeups, two people, three people, four people. Uh, and, you know, some of them have like kink rooms. Uh, the Oasis Lounge actually has an old VW shag wagon with a mattress in it. So you can <laughs> climb in there. I'm pretty sure they have some rooms with rooms with kinkier stuff and glory holes. Now, it is, is, it's just so cool to see real life sex. You can't it learn all about on it. On the books. up and up. Is it all, is that, is this legal to do is, or is this. Well, I think it depends where you're living. I mean, I, I don't like think in I Toronto. Can, I think so. Yeah. I don't see why not consenting adults. It's a private members club. You buy a membership when you walk in. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not a lawyer, so I don't want to, nobody, nobody quote me on that. (laughs) I charge lawyers rates, but I don't give real legal advice. (laughs) But Jess, you know, I always worry about that though. It for me, um, when like, if I get turned on by the thought of something like that, and I have, I've thought about it a number of times, but I'm like, I worry that once I step into the club and I'm in it and I'm like, you know, hot. And then I, I climax, have an orgasm. I'm going to be like, Oh fuck. What did I just do? Cause I feel like for me, and I, I'm, I don't know if I'm the only one, but like for me, once I reach that place, I'm like, I complete, I change completely. I'm not into the fantasy anymore. I'm like, don't touch me. Don't want anything. I need a minute. So I'm scared that, you know, crossing that fantasy line, I'm going to hate it after and just be in this club. Like, what am I doing here? You know? That's actually a really great point because your disgust factor is really, really increased or decreased, however you look at it. Basically, things that would normally not turn you on, things that might turn you off when you're really, really aroused the opposite is true, right? So like, right. even if, if, if you're turned on and I ask you to pick up a dirty tissue, you're more likely to be willing to pick it up sort of thing. And that's actually yeah. what the experiments, some of these experiments looked at. And so what you might do is go there kind of for the appetizer, for the foreplay, for the playfulness right. of okay. it, to get into the environment and then go to a hotel or go back to your apartment or go back okay. to your home. Um, you can also at some of these clubs go into a private room, right? So that you you can be there on the dance floor. You can see what's happening right. in the pool. You can see what's happening in the hot tub. Um, you can kind of get, wet your appetite and then go finish or play on your own and privately uh, l- let me be clear i'm not saying everyone should go to a sex club but i do think that there's a lot of opportunity for learning and really a lot of opportunity for conversations and what i want people to really hear is that if you're not into this it's fine but please don't see it to your partner no way no how instead mm-hmm. say you know what 
no way right now, but let's talk about <laughs> why. Let's dig deeper into my no, right? Mm. I'm not saying that I'm going to be convinced. I don't want to be persuaded, but I want to talk about why I don't want to go. Like Melanie, you gave a very specific reason, and that's mm. going to lead to a meaningful conversation with a potential partner. Uh, yeah. Whereas if I just say no way, no how, end of conversation, that's when couples end at, uh, arrive at impasses. And similarly, yeah. if you want to go to a sex club and your partner doesn't want to, really think about your why. So I always ask people when you don't want something or you do want something, what are the relational, emotional, practical, spiritual, um, physical, sexual benefits you're hoping to derive? Like, why mm-hmm. do you want this? Don't just say it's hot. Don't just say, uh, you know, I heard it on a podcast. What do you want to get out of it, right? And similarly, yeah. if you don't want to go, what are your fears in all of those areas? What are like be a little bit more honest? And so, I, I really doesn't. I don't think it matters if you go to a sex club or not. But I think just having these conversations can really yeah. be helpful. Yeah, totally. Well, it's like going to the sex show. The first time I went to the sex show in Toronto, I went with a partner at the time and that was like a, a whole new world. And I thought I was very open and experimented, but I walked in like, whoa, there's all of this world. Like I had <laughs> no idea. And it was fabulous. Like for me, I loved it, but it really, it's a whole new world. <laughs> like, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Dr. Jess, we're going to have to wrap it up. We thank you so much for, for taking the time from Jamaica to join yes. us. Your book is The Ultimate Guide to Seduction. People can get that at bookstores or online, I imagine. Yeah, uh, and of absolutely. course, you spoke about some episodes. Where can we see you online? Oh, you can find me on the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast and mm-hmm. sexwithdrjess.com. Awesome. And your Instagram fire. <laughs> Sex with Dr. Jess as well. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Jess. We super appreciate you taking the time hanging out with us. Thank you to you both. Good luck with the uh, splash thing videos and all that tonight. Thank you. <laughs> Take care. Bye, Jess. Bye. Maybe this seems to be some insecurity.
Join the conversation, ask a question, or leave a comment about this episode. And thanks for listening to Unfiltered with JJ and Melanie.